CEO of NMN Bio. So welcome to Modern Healthspan. It's very kind of you to join us today. Yeah, happy to be here today, Richard. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, Dr. Saranova, could you provide a little background on yourself and kind of why you set up NMN Bio? Absolutely. So I'm an interdisciplinary scientist, and I always was fascinated by the human brain. So I was studying it from actually multiple aspects, starting with cognitive psychology, and then later on, um, from the neuroscience perspective, because I was actually fascinated by the different symptoms I would uh, see in, in different pathologies and patients with psychological and neurological disorders. So I was uh, really interested in what um, what makes people have and express the symptoms that they have, right? So from neurodegeneration to neurological disorders such as autism, for example, which was um, a primary interest of my early career. Um, <laughs> and after that, I jumped into translational neuroscience. So basically the combination of neuroscience and genetics and how genetic findings are translating into what we're seeing in the clinic. So um, after uh, doing my master's in translational neuroscience, I did a PhD in stem cell biology and neurodegeneration. And my project basically included the generation of stem cell derived platforms to study different neurological disorders. And I did my PhD in an autophagy lab. Um, and our findings actually led us to study in a different area of biology, which is NAD metabolism. And this was an unbiased metabolomics approach that led us into this. And I would be happy to provide you uh, with more details today on that. Uh, but basically, after realizing that NAD is the master regulator of human metabolism, and this is applicable especially to neurodegeneration as well, because when NAD metabolism is disturbed in neurodegeneration, you basically cannot have proper cellular function. So this is what we were studying in the lab, the different mechanisms, how this is connected to um, DNA damage and deficient autophagy. And uh, when I was studying those NAD boosters in the lab, I realized that there's actually, uh, there are already a couple of companies out there providing uh, NAD boosters as supplements, but also there's not many reliable suppliers that would provide you with third-party tested um, supplements of high quality because uh, especially back in the days, back in 2019, when I came across NAD boosters, the prices of NAD boosters were quite high because the raw materials um, were, uh, were, were expensive. So it would make sense for actually a lot of companies on Amazon and whatnot to actually fake um, the um, you know their products basically they would uh, they would sell cut uh, NMN products and and our and our products and all these things they they would never provide you with certificates of analysis there were some companies that were just um, basically making advantage of NAD boosters becoming a popular longevity supplement and therefore I realized that there is a need. Um, in the market for high quality products where consumers would always um, get what they pay for 
And this is why I founded Animan Bio uh, back in 2020. So it started as an e-commerce company, but now like this year, it has expanded into retail as well. We are the first and the only company here in the Middle East uh, selling NMN in retail stores through our um, retail collaboration with the biggest pharmacy chain in the Middle East. And this is only the start. So we are rapidly expanding. The, the company is growing um, extremely well, keeping me busy really <laughs> for the past couple of years. Um, so this this is basically the background. And I think I was fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time, I might say, because I was doing my PhD in NID metabolism when um, this whole wave of popularity and longevity compounds kind of hit the market, basically, with, with different publications and books um, and research papers supporting the hypothesis that NAD boosters are actually very beneficial for human health. And this was the time when we started realizing why and um, how we can actually implement this um, and have the broader audience getting themselves familiar with those compounds. I had one question, actually, going back. So you said you're looking at neurons and stem cells, but neurons are kind of post-mitotic, and, and so the, you're not making more of them. So what's the kind of link yeah. between neurons and stem cells? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, basically in our uh, recent paper in cell reports, uh, what we did is we wanted to study uh, deficiency in autophagy and what drives neurodegeneration in a physiologically relevant model, because mm -hmm. um, we, we might be able to be working with different cell lines in the lab. However, if you have um, if you have cells that resemble closely human biology, you will be getting more accurate data. And for this reason, we utilized human embryonic stem cells um, because we were able to basically differentiate them into different cell types, including neural precursors and um, neurons in order to basically study the human brain uh, on a dish, on a Petri dish. And what we did is we created um, a genetic model of autophagy deficiency. So we knocked out um, the gene ATG5, which is essential for uh, the initiation of the autophagy machinery. So if there is no ATG5, no autophagosomes cannot be formed. So autophagosomes are the small organelles that would engulf different intracellular junk floating around, for example, dysfunctional mitochondria or aggregate prone proteins such as tau proteins or um, A, beta amyloid plaques. And by the way, the reason we were studying it is because in all neurodegenerative diseases um, that, that people are studying, we can see autophagy deficiency every single time. And we do have a buildup of those components that are just floating around the cells. They're not serving any purpose. And they, they might be uh, creating different kind of pathological scenarios, right? So, um, so back to our research, we genome engineered to those human embryonic stem cells, and then we differentiated them in the um, stem cell-derived human neurons, basically, mm -hmm. um, that carry this 
genetic deficiency in autophagy. And the reason why the research was designed this way is because with terminal, terminally differentiated cells, such as neurons, for example, you can't manipulate them genetically because they're very sensitive. So you have to do it at a stem cell stage first, and then you need to differentiate them. So we created those ATG5 knockout um, human neurons, and this was basically a proof of principle for us. So this is uh, a platform that other researchers can utilize in their um, studies as well to study how autophagy deficiency is actually implicated in neurodegeneration. So this, this is very interesting uh, for us. And it was, um, it was work that took place over like a span of several years, basically, because anything that has to do with stem cell culture is very laborious. It's not uh, just like some let's say cancer cells that you just need to feed once or twice a week and they will grow like weed and they will proliferate like crazy right so those are very sensitive cells and they need a lot of care so we did that and then um we knew that those neurons would basically be not healthy when um when compared to wild type neurons to normal neurons that don't have autophagy deficiency and this is what we did so we first characterized them so we saw that there is increased neurodegeneration going on and there is increased cell death, uh, as was measured in the paper by uh, multiple assays from uh, evaluation of caspase 3, which is a marker of cell death, to evaluation of um, to beautiful immunofluorescence pictures that we have in the paper and we probably will uh, put put down the link to the paper yeah. on this interview for uh, people to kind of have a look at. So we're showing that there is increased cell death, uh, a lot of DNA damage going on in those cells when compared to normal neurons. And actually the phenotype was um, surprisingly very different from normal neurons because we, uh, we could see also the morphology of the cells were different. So for example, mm -hmm. the accents of those ATG5 knockout neurons were shorter. So the damage in the whole um, physiology and metabolism of those cells would basically um, make them grow shorter neurons, right? So this was very interesting and this was a spontaneous finding. So we didn't even, uh, we weren't even looking into axonal length. We just um, noticed it as, as we were proceeding with those neurons. And we wanted to evaluate what's wrong with those neurons and, and where is this coming from? Where is this uh, altered phenotype coming from? What is the, um, um, you know, the, the, the metabolic background basically of these neurons? Um, so what we did is we took an unbiased metabolomic approach and we measured the metabolites, the different metabolites in, in those cells and we compared it to the normal neurons, to the wild type neurons. So what we saw interestingly, there was a dysregulation in several metabolites. So for example, all the outcomes of the TCA cycle, such as ATP, because TCA cycle is uh, what makes us produce energy in our mitochondria, right? So um, the outputs of the TCA cycle is ATP, ADP, NAD+, uh, which stands for nicotinamide adenine di dinucleotide, the oxidized form, and NADH, which is the reduced form. And all of those metabolites were heavily depleted in the uh, autophagy deficient neurons. So we said, okay, well, this is interesting. So let's see what's going on when it comes to uh, the input that 
um, the cells are requiring. So for example, in different um, uh, cell media, we can basically measure what is the uptake of different amino acids uh, from, from any given cell type, right? So we compared the, um, um, the consumption of amino acids such as glycine, alanine, glutamate in those neurons. So all the amino acids that are basically serving as an input in the TCA cycle were absorbed more by those cells. So, but as I said, the output of the TCA cycle was actually depleted. So this was mm -hmm. an interesting finding because we realized that it looks like these cells are trying to compensate for some sort of a dysfunction that is going on when it comes to energy generation and TCA cycle, because they keep on absorbing all this, um, you know, alanine and glutamate um, and glycine and whatnot. So we said, okay, well, let's measure all the amino acids that uh, that are in the media, and let's uh, let's basically run an experiment to see how we can supplement uh, more with this amino acids and see whether some of them can actually rescue this neurodegenerative phenotype. So interestingly, the only amino acid that rescued the uh, neurodegenerative phenotype was tryptophan, and tryptophan is the amino acid that is um, the that basically enters the de novo synthesis pathway for NAD, right? So you feed uh, tryptophan into the cells, they start producing more NAD. So all the data that we were having so far, the characterization data were leading into the conclusion that there is something wrong with NAD. There is, there is not enough NAD perhaps, there is not enough um, of what we call NAD pool. So this is collectively the NAD plus, so the NAD oxidized form, and then the NADH, the, NA, uh, the NAD reduced form, right? And we kind of need both of those to produce energy because it's being metabolized and then um, you need both of them for, for different kind of molecular reactions in the cell. So this for us was very interesting and it kind of gave us um, the direction that we should go further into our research. And this is when we said, okay, well, we know that autophagy is non-existent in the cells. So we know that there is probably an accumulation of junk in this mm. um, in this neurons, right? Because this is usually the case when autophagy is dysfunctional. And by the way, the physiological relevance here is that uh, as we age, our autophagy is decreasing in all tissues, right? And uh, including in the brain. We have multiple studies showing this. Uh, we don't have a particular percentage perhaps of, um, of autophagy decrease, but we can see by multiple uh, animal studies as well that there is a dramatic decrease in in turnover of um, ex intracellular components, right? Because basically you have autophagy, which is a catabolic process. So it breaks down amino acids, um, sorry, it breaks down proteins into amino acids, which are the building blocks of the cell. So the cell can basically recycle those amino acids and make sure that the cell has enough building blocks to build whatever needs to be built next, mm -hmm. right? Um, and to kind of um, keep what we call proteostasis, um, which is basically the balance of proteins in the cell. So um, we realize that, so we, realize, we know that there is no autophagy going on um, in those cells. And then we also can see that 
somehow those cells are struggling metabolically. There is something going on with their NAD um, and so on. So we wanted to to see what's going on with the mitochondria as well, because those are the um, those are the little factories that are producing um, the energy in our cells, the the ATP, and this is where the NAD is being uh, utilized. So then we were looking into the mitochondrial function. So first of all, we saw that there is increased mitochondrial fragmentation in those cells, and there is also decreased mitochondrial potential, right? And this is interesting because mitochondria potential um, it, again has to do with um, with the utilization of NADH um, through you know the electron transport chain and the ATP synthase because this is when um, this is when um, you have this exchange of electrons through NADH and you're producing the energy so we saw that the way those autophagy deficient neurons operate is different when compared to normal neurons because there is definitely something going on with their mitochondrial potential so we realized okay well this is this this is all interesting findings so what we can do in order to see how we can rescue those cells from this increased cell death right and this is when we started treating the cells with different nad boosters such as uh nr for example nicotinamide riboside and nmn nicotinamide mononucleotide uh tryptophan as well which is the uh, uh which comes from the other pathway uh, down to the nad production from the de novo synthesis pathway uh while nr and nmn are utilized in the salvage pathway, right? So we saw remarkable um, rescuing of this neurodegenerative phenotype in those cells when we're feeding them with the NAD booster. So the difference in cytotoxicity is um, statistically significant. And now those cells are starting to resemble the normal cells that do have functional autophagy more and more. So not only uh, when it comes to um, to to their functionality, but also the uh, physiological phenotype. So what I previously mentioned about axonal length. So we basically are rescuing the axonal length and make them basically grow longer accents when we're feeding them NAD boosters. And this is remarkable because as you mentioned as well, so neurons are terminally differentiated cells, right? And that's the reason why they are relying so much on autophagy for um, intracellular component recycling because they can't proliferate themselves. They can't split themselves in order to, uh, to basically have um, less junk floating around, right? So they need a very robust mechanism that will help them cope with intracellular balance. Um, and in this cells, we actually managed to, uh, to have this, this beautiful restoration of the axonal length. And also uh, there was a significant decrease of cytotoxicity and cell death after we uh, fed them with, with those NAD boosting compounds. This was very interesting. And uh, we compared NR uh, from True Niagen from Chromatix that provided the reagents for this study uh, with NMN. Uh, from NMN Bio, and um, ironically, so all the experiments that were done with the NMN compound took place when I already left the lab because um, you know I, I founded NMN Bio, and then I I ended up providing the, the reagents for this one uh, to my PhD lab. Um, so we we did get this data, and we realized that okay, well, it looks like there is 
a very beneficial effect when it comes to to NAD. Uh, and then we said, okay, well, why is that? And, and what else is going on in the cells? Now, we do know that there are certain enzymes that utilize NAD as a substrate. So for example, the sirtuin um, enzymes and then the PARP and enzymes and so on, right? And usually when there is increased DNA damage, those enzymes are uh, the first to be utilized on the site of damage in order to repair it, right? So we asked ourselves, um, what else is going on in this autophagy deficient cells? And as I previously mentioned, we, we do have the accumulation of dysfunctional mitochondria that are now floating around. Their um, mitochondrial membrane potential um, is not um, it's not normal, right? So it's decreased. So you basically have those dysfunctional organelles floating around in the cells that are not producing enough energy. They're just sitting there. They're occupying space. And with that, they, they're they not being cleared as well because the autophagy is deficient, right? There is no autophagy going on. So this, uh, this paints a picture of a very distressed cell with intracellular components floating around, not doing their job and not being cleared either. So because they exist and because they don't function properly, as a result, they actually contribute to more reactive oxygen species, which is a byproduct of uh, you know, mitochondrial um, of oxidative phosphorylation, right? So we now have a cell that has increased the reactive oxygen species, but what happens in such situations is that those reactive oxygen species are uh, triggering more DNA damage because you know you have all these free radicals floating around and they're actually damaging your DNA. And this is when the sirtuins and the PARPs come in, right? So now the story kind of comes all together. It was very interesting to see this developing over the years. Um, and we realized, okay, well, let's measure the activity of sirtuins and PARPs, and also let's measure what's going on when we chemically are inhibiting those enzymes. So we treated the cells with uh, with sirtuinol, which is a sirtuin blocker, and with olaparib, a drug that is uh, blocking the, the PARPs enzymes as well. And what we're seeing is that whenever the sirtuins and the PARPs are activated, you have increased consumption of NAD. So the cell is already uh, not producing enough NAD, and then you have this overconsumption by this uh, enzymes because you have DNA damage building up because of the dysfunctional mitochondria that are floating around. But if we block the activity of sirtuins and PARPs with sirtuinol and olaparib, what we're seeing is that actually um, the we can we can rescue the uh, neurodegenerative phenotype even for um, um, for a certain part uh, mm. in this context because now we have more NAD that is available for the cells to do other functions. So basically, sirtuins and PARPs when they are activated, uh, they're consuming this NAD, and then the cell doesn't have enough NAD. Um, 
uh, to, to, to basically make sure that it can rise up to the metabolic challenge that is going through because of the um, deficient autophagy. So this was also a very interesting finding. And of course, there are different enzymes that are consuming NAD. It's not only those two, um, um, two families of enzymes. For example, there is also the CD38 enzyme um, that is definitely increasing its activity with age. And we know that there is a strong expression of CD38 in the brain. Um, however, in this uh, context, this paper, we didn't measure that because um, basically with every academic paper, you, uh, you make sure that there is uh, a certain, you know, like, cutoff for all the experiments that you're doing because you obviously have a certain budget for each project and then you know uh, reviewers will keep on giving you different revision experiments and at some point you just need to decide for yourself okay well this is where this story will end and you know volume two to follow in some cases <laughs> so um so, so that was the situation there. So we evaluated only the sirtuins and the PARPs enzymes, and we saw that there is definitely a link between those being hyperactivated because of all of this DNA damage that is going on in neurodegeneration and then the NAD consumption, right? Mm -hmm. But interestingly, if the sirtuins and the PARPs are uh, activated nonetheless, and we feed them, we feed those cells with NAD boosters, such as NR and NMN, we will still see a beneficial effect. So this is interesting because um, the fact that your autophagy in your brain will be going down with age is inevitable, right? So what do we do when it comes to our daily brain maintenance and why should we supplement with NAD boosters? Well, this is a very interesting case that even when autophagy is going down, it could be very beneficial to supplement with different NAD boosters. And there are, there are studies that are showing that uh, at least for NMN, I haven't looked for um, into NR, but at least for NMN, it looks like there are at least two studies that are demonstrating that NMN can be blood-brain barrier permeable in mice. And basically what happens is that um, the Alzheimer's or dementia phenotype in, for example, Alzheimer's mice is being rescued by NMN supplementation. Now, of course, this is, this is not a human study, but I found it very interesting that uh, it looks like the mechanism of action is very robust. Uh, it's happening quite quickly. So there is one study uh, from 2017 showing this in Alzheimer's mice. There is another one in 2023 showing similar findings, um, actually tying it up to the fact that NMN is also changing um, gut microbiota and basically is acting on the uh, gut-brain axis, which is um, which is not today's topic, but uh, interesting uh, paper nonetheless. I would be happy to actually send you those links to put them down in the description of the video. I think it would be interesting for everyone uh, to have a look at. So, um, so, so this is the overview, right, of what we did and why we did it. And